Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Andy J Podcast. Podcast. Hey, welcome to the very latest episode of the Andy J Podcast. I hope you're having a really strong and happy week. Now, we have just one guest for you this week. It's a deep dive kind of chat. And uh, let me just let me just check how long the chat is with... Uh, oh yeah, look, it's like over an hour and... Over an hour and 20 minutes with Mel Gedrich. I'm so excited for this. This is Mel from Mel and Sue, if you aren't familiar with the surname. Um, she's brilliant. What a ray of sunshine Mel was. Now, I just want to put a little apology out at the start. This is a terrible thing to be doing, but I've been getting some heat on Twitter and now I'm reacting to it because I've had a lot of people accuse me of being too nice and all this kind of nonsense, which... uh, Oh, fancy accusing someone of being too nice. Anyway, they've done it. I've listened back to this is an interview that was embargoed for quite a long time. Mel and I did it a few weeks ago because she's written this book and it's a lovely book and it's out now. And um, I'd been sent an early copy and was told I could have a whole hour of mail provided I recorded it many moons ago, a few weeks ago now. And so, and in between that time, I've had people giving me heat for being nice. So I've listened back to this interview, which was a few weeks ago now, and I realised that I'm a bit gushy (laughs) about her book. Now, I must be straightforward with you. I really enjoyed the book. I read it in one sitting and did really enjoy it. But I I kind of do labour that point a little bit with Mel. So sorry for those of you that think I'm being too nice. Uh, Yeah, there you go. (laughs) It's just how it is. I'm giving you that warning in advance. There will be some gushiness that's perhaps a little excessive about her book, but I did enjoy it. So there we go. What I really enjoyed, however, was Mel's company and she brings her A game. You'll hear at the start, you know, we have this fun little chat beforehand where I tell her that, you know, she needs to be on alert because I might have to dash off and, uh, and have a baby. And she's just hilarious even then. She had me in stitches throughout this chat. I'm sure it will be the same for you. It's also fascinating. Her life story is really, really cool. And she doesn't she doesn't hold anything back. You know, she just allows you to just chat and ask the questions and she goes for it. There's a lot of people that sometimes sidestep things or get a bit defensive or don't quite answer where you're going. Where, whereas she was just like, do you know what? I'm in this conversation. I'm going to give you my honesty. And I loved her for it. She was great. Such a bundle of joy. I hope and think this is going to put a huge smile on your face. Again, pre-warning about the gushiness about the book. But nonetheless... It's good, so there. (laughs) Hey, thanks for choosing the AJ Pod. I really, really appreciate it. Have a fun listen and have a great week. The Andy J Podcast. I am so thrilled to welcome my very special guest for the whole show. No pressure, Mel. This is going to be a big one. She's a presenter, a comedian, an actor, an author. She's one of our best-loved entertainers. She's a national treasure. I mean, I'm I'm ranking up the pressure here, Mel. It is the wonderful... Mel Gedrich, how are you doing, Mel? Oh, and it's so nice to be on the show. I'm a little bit concerned that I'm on for the whole hour. I hope I, you know, I hope I've got enough material to stretch, to stretch that far. 
It might get a bit thin. Let's well, see how we go. The good news is, Mel, you're not new to this. You know, you're, you're not sort of, well, I've got one thing to talk about. You've had a rather sensational career. So I think we'll be okay. Oh, that's very, well, listen, that's very lovely of you to say so. But I sort of feel it's slightly jack of all trades, mistress of none. But in, <laughs> enough of Enough of the self-deprecation. Let's carry on. Come on. I love it. I love it. Well, look, first and (laughs) foremost, you've got a new book out. I want to talk all about it. I read it. I want to tell you this and then we'll come back to it if that's all right. But I have to I do feel the need to share this with you at the start. Please do. I was fortunate enough to have been sent an advanced copy, which is great. Which is lovely. I read it in one go. Oh dear! Oh, did you? Yeah. It's it's, four, it's it's over four hundred pages, Andy. How long were you sitting down there for? About, I hope you whizzed through. It was about six hours. Oh wow! Blimey, I don't think I've ever done that with the book, actually, to be honest. <laughs> it's very, it is staggeringly rare. Firstly, I never get a chance to read. You know what it's like as a parent. You oh, never get a chance to read. Man. But no. I was able to kind of say, look, it's it's for work. You know, I'll just find oh. a little corner of the house, stick the fire on and, you know, off we go. And I oh. genuinely didn't think I'd do it in one hit. Genuinely thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll just get, I'll just make a start. And then I'll, you know, I've got a few days, so I'll just make a start now. I'll get, I'll maybe do 40 pages now. I did it all in one. Mel. <gasps> Brilliant. Whoa. Yeah. I, oh, that's real. Well, that's very lovely. Of you. I love the image of you sitting in a little corner with the fire on. That's so nice. Oh, thanks. It's- did you did you have to sort of barrage the door so that the kids wouldn't come in? I'm not going to lie. There were a couple of moments when I was thinking maybe I'll need to sit in the car now. You know, but, uh, <laughs> I've done I've done that before. I've done that before <laughs> to get away from the family. I've sat in the car. I think we all have, haven't we? Oh yes, especially with the old <laughs> pandemic and everything else. Because look, I mean, we're all basically in the same space all the time and have been forever right so yeah other little spaces i mean i found cupboards quite helpful from time to time i've i've got i call it my nook uh which is it's it's a sort of wardrobe come office come recording studio come bolt hole i've been in the nook so hang on what what are we april so the last year i'd say 60 percent of the time i've been in the nook wow that's, it's, that's yeah. impressive. <laughs> and, and actually, Mel, that should be a tattoo. Sixty percent of the time, I've been in a nook. You know that would that would work across the floor. Oh, oh, yes, on my lower back. You know, <laughs> I I don't I don't know if this is a thing, a sort of post or in the middle of lockdown thing. I reckon a lot of people are going to be getting tattoos done. Don't you reckon? Yes, I do. I, 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 I actually want to get one done. Have you got Have you got any already? Do you know what? Right, I. I have nearly had one twice, and I am currently on the waiting list for someone I consider to be the greatest tattoo artist in the UK. Well, now, hang on. It's, it's not Lol, is it? Is it somebody called Lol? His, no, his actual name is Mowgli. Uh, oh, fantastic. That's his tattoo name. And I've been on oh. his waiting list. It's, it's bizarre, right? I, I can't believe we're talking tattoos, Mel. I love it. It's no, it's great. You have to apply to be inked by him. Right. And you have to give him a series of themes and ideas that appeal and inspire you to see if he gets appealed and inspired by as well. And then you get contacted by his people to say yay or nay. Uh, so That's it was marvelous. a great honour when I got this message going, yeah, Mowgli, will, Mowgli will be able to tell you. I was like, well, then. So if, he, if he's not, you know, <laughs> that, 
that's a mate. That's amazing. Mm. Wow. So if he's not into your kind of concept yeah. for the tattoo, that's it. You don't get the call. And you're not allowed to submit like drawings or you know I'm, <gasps> I want this face or anything. You have to. It's themes and ideas and you know things that inspire. Now, is hang on. Is he a sort of? Is it going to be one of those sort of Celticy type? Oh no. Things. No. No. Is it? Is it? Is it going to be one of those Japanese type? Type well, things. What's the what's the what's a, the aesthetic? He's a fine ink artist, and I'm in my forties. So with the old skin turning, I can't risk anything that's going to look awful straight away. You know, because you know what it's like. The skin isn't what it oh, used God. to be. So, hey, I, I, I mean, I'm in my fifties. I've got to think very, 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 very carefully. <laughs> a about the design, and B about where it goes. What you, because everything's shifting. Everything's on the shift. What are you currently thinking? Where, well, whereabouts I'm, are we locating it at the moment? Mel? So I'm thinking. I don't know what you think about this. I'm thinking a seahorse. Okay. Because I just, I just love them. I absolutely love them. I want it to be quite small. It's probably not going to be longer than an inch or so. Right. Now, how do we feel about the wrist? Well, the wrist is going to hurt. Wrist mm. is a good shout, but it's a very painful part of the body. Okay, fair dues. It's the underside of the wrist as well. Yeah. Okay, fair dues. So maybe somewhere a little bit more, let's say, insulated. I would say lower, lower chin. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> there, there, there are about three currently. So. <laughs> jawline. Go jawline. Go all in. <laughs> jawline. I'd, oh, lordy. It's got to be somewhere. I tell you what, it's also got to be somewhere where my girls will never see. Because uh-huh. if I get a tattoo before them, A, they'll be really cross. B, they'll be very, very embarrassed. And C, they will immediately go out and get one that is bigger, bolder. <laughs> so, do you know what I'm saying? Yes, I so do. I, 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 they can never, ever see this. So it's got to be somewhere where your children would never see, which is quite weird, That's actually, because yeah. they see pretty much everything, don't they? Yes. yes. Um, oh, armpit. I don't know. You could go armpit. Armpit. Where are you having yours done? I'm, I'm going to be very basic and standard. I'm just going to go... Upper upper bicep, left upper arm. Bicep. I think. Left arm, I think. Yeah. Maybe, left arm. Back. Yeah. yeah. Have you got some definition there? Is is how's lockdown been treating? Do you know, I, I had some pre-lockdown definition, and now I've got Toblerone and chocolate orange. <laughs> oh, God, it's it's really hard not to not to eat in in these strange times. <laughs> Well, I mean, I've just been loving eating, Mel. I mean, I'm I just, know. Do you know what? There I it is. Know. Can't swim. Can't do anything else. Fine. No, I no know. problem. I'll accept that. Oh, wow. I miss the swimming. I really miss the swimming. A lot of my friends, again, in our 50s, have really got into the cold water swimming concept, oh, which dear. I have. Oh, but I've got to say, it's addictive. It is absolutely addictive. I've done it a couple of times. I've never done it long enough for it to become an addiction, but I've got mates down in Southend. They are in the sea the whole time. I've got a very good friend in Oxford, and she's in the river every day. It's, it's a thing. It's this, a big thing. This Wim it's Hof a big fella, thing. he's got a lot to answer for, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to make the assumption, Mel, that most of these cold water swimming friends are ladies. They Well, actually, one is a gent. Right. One's a gent, and, oh, he's a very, very good egg. He's yeah. one of the top dressers. In fact, he's probably the top dresser in the West End. Wow. So he is the, you know, your kind of, he, he does everything costume, costume wise and is your sort of confidant, you know, he's a sort of dresser to the, to the divas, basically. He's amazing. 
really lovely guy, Murray. And quite unexpectedly, he's an old friend of mine. We worked together on the musical Time with Cliff Richard back in the 80s. Dave Clark's Time? Dave Clark's Time, mate. No way. Yes, we did. With the so stage Mur- that went up and around and all kinds yes. of... Yes! And the, the um, Lawrence Olivier as a hologram which was one of the most terrifying things I think the West End has ever witnessed. Yes. I was was 18. I was a lonely stagehand. I mean, I literally was the lowest of the low. I was below stage making sure that the curtains didn't get stuck in the hydraulic uh, equipment. So that was my job. I never saw daylight. And I think Murray then, you know, now he literally is top dresser in the West End. I think he was just washing songs and... um, Dancers regalia in there's the laundry a, area. There's a role. Song washing <laughs> oh, for mate, Dave Clark's time. I mean, it's, well it's, done. yeah. <laughs> it's, and there were a lot of songs on that show. There. It was <laughs> it was wall to wall song. So yeah, Murray got in touch. Um, he's such a good man, and yeah, he's literally in the sea at South End, near South End, every day. He looks ten years younger. I'm not going to lie. I said, Murray, this has done wonders I mean he always looks great Murray but you know it's unbelievable people are swearing by it I mean listen I'm impressed by people like that Mel but I'm also highly envious of them where they find the time I'm I'm assuming again big assumption here a lot of my time has been taken up during lockdown with children being home yeah 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 and and work it's not that easy to just kind of take yourself I know or whatever I know I I totally know no absolutely we've had um so my elder daughter uh is in the middle of an arts foundation so um all her stuff went online for a while of course so she took over the garden shed oh my god hilarious Brilliant. You couldn't you couldn't see into the shed because of the <laughs> fog of smoke. There was just a lot of smoking going on in there. Wow. Wow. She is, she, a, is she a smoker or a vapor? She's a smoker. Oh. I'm trying oh, I'm trying to wean her off, but I was a very heavy smoker at the age of eighteen, so I sort of feel, you know, I haven't got much of a leg to stand on, but I'm trying. She's on the rollies, she's wearing a beret, she's listening to Hendrix. Wow. It's all go. Um, she's, on the living old, she's living it. She's living it. Yes. And the younger, the younger daughter's been um, doing low six at home on and off. And um, yes, she's doing drama A level. And there were some quite interesting noises coming out of her bedroom. There was a lot of sort of warming up and then some primal screaming, various <laughs> getting into characters. Um, it's uh, Yeah, it has been. It's been quite lively at our end. Sounds like there's been been moments where you've been approaching the shut door with a nice cup of tea for her and then just, I'll just turn around. I'll do a 180. (laughs) Absolutely. And lots of sort of, as you say, lots of kind of getting into cupboards. And um, (laughs) have have you seen the wondrous series that is Shit's Creek, which was on... um, have you? Yeah, I, of course. Bebe, I fell in love with it. I, oh, I love. Isn't it amazing? Oh, isn't it amazing? Oh, to, to the point, Mel. And I'm going to. There's a bit of a confession for me. I actually cried on the last episode because oh, did it was, I, mate? because it was over. Yeah. Not because yeah, of, not because of I the know. conclusion or what happened. Just because I wouldn't be having these people in my life every day again. I know. I I I totally. I'm totally with you. And when it finished, I don't know if you did this, but I immediately went 
to, you know, all the possible interviews with them, yeah. you know, their appearances on chat shows. There is a, there's a documentary actually or two about them. Yes. But what I'm, I just, I love the fact that it's such a sort of family affair, you know, the Levy family, Eugene Levy, what a legend. Yeah. Dan, Dan, his son, amazing. Brilliant. And then Eugene's brother is the executive producer on the show, I think. And then their daughter who plays, um, uh, not Tamani, that, I'm thinking of the other one. Uh, no, the, uh, the waitress. waitress. Oh, yes. yes. What's her name? Oh, it'll come oh, back gosh. to you in a second. It'll come back. Twyla. Twyla. Twyla, thank you. I've I've always absolutely loved that sort of, um, well, Catherine O'Hara, I've always been totally obsessed, obsessed with because she did so much work with Christopher Guest and um, she's in uh, Mighty Wind. She's in uh, Best in Show. She's an absolute she legend. And, and she's so good in this. She's so brave in it as well, isn't she? She just she's throws herself in. Yeah, She's amazing. But I love the way that she gets into the cupboard, you know, when things are really, <laughs> really rock bottom, which, of course, yes. they often are on frequently, that show. Frequently, yeah. She, she, she's, in the old, she's in the closet with all her, her boots and stuff. It's just very, very strong. Mel, she I, is amazing. She's brilliant. And, and Mel, I must be honest, right, we've, we've been chatting for just a few minutes now, and I feel like you and I could have, could have done lockdown quite well together, actually. Oh, that would have been so nice. You know, just, I think we could have had a lot of fun. We could have designed it. I want to make a few amendments to your seahorse. I feel like it needs a little bit of robo in the tail and maybe, oh. and maybe a human face of someone famous. I just No! Oh, no. What, sort of Ian Botham or something? <laughs> or, or Gandalf. You know, bit of, it, let's stick with the Ian and just chuck a McKellen in there. Actually, I'd rather have McKellen than, than Botham. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Yeah, why was Botham your go-to, out of curiosity? I don't, I don't know. I think it's because, I tell you for why, I tell you exactly for why, my husband, Ben, is a cricket obsessive. I mean, an absolute cricket obsessive. So there's always a lot of chat about the cricket, um, and there's usually some cricket on somewhere, and before speaking to you, we had just had a chat about two cricketers, Marcus Truscothic uh, and Ian Botham. Well, so that's why Ian Botham suddenly came into my into my head. But I'm not going to have a tattoo of Ian Botham. I'm absolutely one hundred percent not going to have a tattoo of Ian Botham. Ian Jury, yes. Ian Jury, yeah, that could work oh. on a seahorse's body with a robo tail. I'm I'm there. That could work. That's quite. Are you having any human? figures in your tattoo well that's kind of up to Modley, to be honest that's up to Modley. does he do human figures or is he more oh, yeah. into sort of fantasy? oh yeah he does, does, he, he does, does. He? he's very very good you'll have to look him up i'll send you a, i'll send you a couple of images after this he's, he's obviously he's obviously a real sort of inking legend by oh, the sounds of him yeah he's, he's like the king ink as it were wow yeah. wow yeah. that's amazing because i i was um i don't know even if he's still Inking, but there was an amazing guy in the 80s called Lol. Lal. It could be Lal, actually. Okay. I can't remember if it's Lal or Lol. And he was in the Muswell Hill area of London. And uh, I had a few mates that went to him in the 80s. And, and so I sort of thought it'd be quite fun to kind of go to him if he's still um, if he's still around and doing it. Yeah. Um, but, I want to make sure uh, that he's still got an eye. You know, that his eyes are still good and he's got a good steady hand. Otherwise, you know, that mm. might be a, a regretful decision. Yeah, and also the colours are really important as well. The colours, particularly on a 50-something skin. You don't want to be going for that green <laughs> that just goes really bleedy and fady. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I you've do. Got it, you've I'm, got I'm it. with you. 
But I think I we're know. doing this at the right time, Mel, because, you know, we're, we're already coming at it with slightly older skin, which makes me think the tattoo will last and be more vibrant for longer. Oh, that's good. Yes, I like that. That's, yeah, that's, that's where I'm going. Yeah, that's very good. That's very, yeah, I'm going to go with that, definitely. I'm going to go with that. We'll see. <laughs> Do you know what? This is a really, a very interesting kind of slice of, of pop culture into your life now. I, I certainly didn't have you pegged as a tattoo person. I'm expecting you to tell me that you love, you know, graffiti art and graphic novels next. I'm, I'm delighted by this. Oh, do you know what? I've got a nephew, um, Fred, who is launching into, I think, a really, really fantastically promising career as a graphic, uh, graphic, I mean, graphic artist, I suppose. Yeah. He, it, it's, he is amazing. He's just started at the age of about 13, probably. He's now in his early 20s, and it's, it's literally all he does. And of course, you know, he's all over Instagram and uh, various other platforms, shall we say, and doing really, really well. It's just so exciting. Uh, it's not something, I mean, via him, I'm obviously going to, you know, get involved. It's not, graphic novels are not something I've ever really been heavily into. It all is a bit Gotham for me, do you know what I'm saying? It's a bit, <laughs> it's all, I mean, I, I don't even know where to start. I know nothing about them. Um, are you into are you into those yeah. kind of things? Yeah, 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 big time. Oh yes, I'm a I'm a graphic novel nerd. I mean, Mel, I've just got to join the dots for you here. You've got a nephew yeah. who's a who's a kind of aspiring graphic novel novel. Yeah, you've got a desire yeah. to have a tattoo. One of the two. He should be designing it for you, surely. Actually, that's a really good idea. That's a really. But if I said to him, "Look, Fred, do a seahorse," I mean, it, I'd literally come out with some. I mean, it could be amazing. But it'll be something so unlike a seahorse. <laughs> it'll be a sort of... You're keeping it in the family, Mel. You know, you've just admired yeah. you've just admired Shit's Creek for doing exactly that for the Levies. I think you should do oh, the same. Okay. Actually that's a very that's a very, very strong idea. I might have to give Fred a call. I sort of I, I, I try and get him something graphic y for Christmas and I end up going into these amazing graphic novel type shops, which are astounding. Yeah. They're just they are amazing, and the people working behind the counter equally astonishing Caves and amazing. Of joy. Caves of joy. I Caves of joy. Yeah. yeah, and I can I can see if you go into it, it would literally take over your life. It I think help. I got him. And you should, because it's. I mean, hell, life is here to be taken over right now. So yeah, there's a whole new yeah. world out there. You could you could fall for it. But Mel, this is not about you. I'm I'm completely hijacking this conversation in the most disgraceful <laughs> way. Let's talk You're about not. you. Let's get started with with the early days, shall we? It's taken us twenty minutes to get him. <laughs> but tell tell me about little Mel, because there's there's all sorts of fun nuggets about you out there, like your first word was leatherhead and all this kind of thing. But what was what was childhood for you? Uh, childhood was sheer leatherhead in the 70s. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. And um, uh, my book is set in leatherhead. Yes, it is. For that, for that very reason. I mean, leatherhead is literally take a slice out of me like a piece of Brighton rock and you will see the word leatherhead. It's, <laughs> it goes deep. In fact, the book I'm hoping is going to be one of three. I want to write a leatherhead trilogy because... Oh, I, th- I sort of think, I sort of think Leatherhead's not really been on the cultural map enough, and um, I've got three. I've got I, I've written the first one, obviously, but I've got three story ideas uh, all set in Leatherhead. So that's the sort of plan. And I, I think, yeah, my childhood was it wasn't really in Leatherhead. Here am I saying, oh yeah, Leatherhead, Leatherhead. I was in the suburbs 
of Leatherhead. Okay. I mean, imagine that. <laughs> we're not even talking the suburbs of London. We're talking the suburbs of Leatherhead. Um, and uh, we grew up in um, a very lovely cul-de-sac. It was a new build cul-de-sac. I think it had been built just after I was born. I was born in 68. I think it was born. Oh, no, it must have been born before. Uh, sorry, it must have been built in 67. Anyway, new build cul-de-sac outside Leatherhead uh, with the fam. So I was one of four, youngest of four kids and uh, mum and dad. And um, a very, very, quite a, quite a lively bunch, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, you know, there were, there were three channels in those days. The TV was very small and black and white. So we had to make a lot of our own entertainment, which mainly involved my mum locking us all out of the house oh. uh, so she could get some peace inside the house. Um, and she would just sort of, you know, read actually and smoke and have a few hours of peace away from the horrendous kind of showings off and and um, banterousness. Uh, of of her of her family. So, so would this be you, you in the garden or on the streets? What are we What are we looking at here with the, the four? Well, it, it was very safe. So it was a it was a lovely cul-de-sac, and obviously we knew everyone yeah. in the cul-de-sac. So it was it was good times. I'm not going to lie. We were in and out of each other's houses. Um, there was there were a couple of fields actually, which are no longer there. Sadly, they've been built on, but couple of fields on the other side of the housing development. Um, so we used to run around there a lot. There was a pond locally. We used to go down the pond. Uh, Fetchum, the village of Fetchum was not too far, the sweet shop. Um, it was it was pretty good. You know, there were a lot of bicycles, roller skates, um, and just mucking about. And it is, you know, my kids hate it when I go on about it, but it's that awful thing you find yourself saying, you know, we went out in the morning and we didn't come back till it was dark. Yep. But it really was, it yep. was like that. It was like that. Um, you know, and we wore the same outfit every day for sort of 10 years. You know, you had your plimsolls, <laughs> your shorts, your T-shirt, and, and that was that. Um, yeah. Jobs are good. Isn't it? So youngest of yeah. four, does that... Does that explain the sort of confidence, the you know the the, the quick witted nature, the ability to perform? Oh, because you had to fight for for time and attention, or is it? Or am I reading too much into it? No, I think what it explains is a terrible innate desire to show off. That's honestly, <laughs> that's uh, that's the uh, it, it. That's exactly what it is. You know, you're looking for airtime um, in in quite a busy little house and. Um, the only way you can get it is if you push the boat out slightly. I'm afraid that's all it is. It's sheer exhibitionism. That's brilliant. You know, allied closely to the 1970s and to Leatherhead. <laughs> and that's that's a pretty toxic combination. Was there uh, slash is there part of you that has always kind of wanted to be like, well, I'm going to stand out? Because, you know, obviously the last yeah. one, the littlest for the longest yeah. period of time and so on and so forth. You know, you've got, yeah. you've got a lot of shoes to fill, as it were. Well, hand also, ha always hand-me-down shoes. Oh, my, hand-me-down twice over because it would go to my older sister and then to my middle sister <laughs> and then to me. Yes. So twice, twice hand-me-downed. But um, also, there's this thing that, you know, my el so my brother's the eldest, Miko, who's an absolute ledge, such a good egg. There are albums devoted to him, photo albums. There are about seven <laughs> photo albums of his, you know, babyhood, toddlerhood, young child, teen, 
all the way through. And then it gets down to sort of number four. I think there's one photo of me <laughs> as as a baby, and it's taken from really far away. Mum was probably, you know, half cut. Poor thing. She she was absolutely at the end of her tether by the time I arrived. So it's slightly out of focus. And you sort of think, well, I've got to do something <laughs> to kind of to garner some attention. My my the sister next up for me, Koki, who's um um also a very good egg. She lives very close to me. In fact, I think I just heard the door go downstairs, and I know it was her dropping off some marmalade, but that's another story. Um, She has always said, there's a little character in the Jungle Book, which ties very in nicely to your Mowgli tattooist. um, And it's when they arrive at the court of King Louis, Blue and um, Mowgli arrive at King Louis's court, and there's this little monkey that gets up on a plinth and it's got this huge kind of wig of white hair. Oh, yes. And my sis says that's exactly who I am in a nutshell. <laughs> on the plinth in a massive white wig showing off. <laughs> desperate, desperate times. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, well, obviously, you know, Leatherhead and, and, and Number Four served you very well because it got you to Cambridge, which, you know, let's be fair, wow. is pretty darn impressive. Listen, I'm, listen, I, yeah, I feel bad, you know, I feel like I don't, I I certainly wouldn't get in nowadays, put it that way. I think, (laughs) I think in the eighties, there must've been some kind of loophole for something or other. I mean, I did really enjoy uh, modern languages. I I, I think, I think that was my kind of skill. I wasn't very good at at, at other stuff so much, but I, I definitely loved, I love speaking uh, different languages. So that's, that's what I got in on. Um, but I think the reason I really applied to Cambridge was because of the comedy. It had this amazing um, tradition for comedy. And um, and that's how I met Sue, my comedy partner, Sue. And actually, that's the reason that she applied to Cambridge as well. We, sort of, we, we talk about it now and we're just like, how the hell did we both get into Cambridge? We were so <laughs> lazy. We were so lazy. I feel I feel ashamed. I think if I was there now, I'd really work my, my you know, my, my backside off because, you know, I think you have to really these days, probably. Yes, it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? You, you know, kind of people always think, well, I would go back and do. But I'm, I'm very fortunate in my job, and you, you do this a lot yourself as well. You get to, get to meet and chat to lots of high-achieving, fascinating people. And they, they often say things about university or, or you know, that, that kind of oh. chapter before suddenly breaking it. Oh, I wish I'd done this, that, and the other. And I often think, well, why? Because look where you are. You know, you, oh. you played it exactly how you, how you should have done because of your well, circumstances now. Yeah, I mean, it was a strange one because I think everyone sort of thinks, well, not everyone, but, you know, we've, we've had people sort of say to us, Sue and I say, oh, so, you know, lucky old you, you know, straight from Cambridge in the footlights, da, 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 into mm. the media. It really wasn't like that. It, it wasn't like that. I mean, I think being, being, doing, doing the comedy at uni, and it's not just at Cambridge. I mean, there's brilliant, there are amazing comedy scenes in, in universities all over the country. You know, you look at, um, the likes of uh, of Julie Walters and Victoria Wood, who came out of Manchester. You know, Steve Coogan came out of Manchester. Mm. Um, uh, but anyway, so we had, it was a really quite a long seven to eight year gap um, having left Cambridge before we really got our break, which was, which was light lunch. And those years, I mean, they were full of laughter 
and full of real downtimes as well, you know, because we were, I did a lot of bar work and waitressing. Sue was doing, she did door-to-door work. Can you imagine opening the door and having Sue Perkins there selling you some Hoover equipment? Yes. (laughs) That would be a very peculiar experience. <laughs> I know. She wouldn't stop talking either. I, I often say to her, how did you actually get round any of the roads? Because she, I mean, she can talk for Britain, that one. Um, so, yeah, there were, there were quite a few years, really, before we um, before we landed our, our break, which was doing this crazy daytime show on Channel 4, which very few people watched. I, mean, I watched mainly, it. I watched oh, it lunch, and it became you. late lunch, didn't it? It became late. I, I always preferred it as light, though, because tucked away, tucked away there in the middle of the day, you literally could get away with murder. I mean, literally. The stuff we did on that show and sketches and all sorts, you wouldn't get away with it now. Yeah, that's true. Um, because th- there was that feeling of just nobody, re- nobody really quite knew what you were doing. We were essentially in the nook at that time of day. You know, yes. you were hidden away. Um, in the schedules and it was it was amazing fun and that was two years and that really was our sort of training that's how we that's how we um, I say training I say that word very very loosely but it's it's how we got the experience I suppose of doing it every day and having to think on our feet it was live having to deal with all manner of guests coming through the doors I mean it was it was terrific it was so much fun and, um, you know, now in our sort of early dotage at age 52, well, Sue's 51, which is annoying. But anyway, um, <laughs> we do we do talk about it a lot. If we sit down and have a drink together, whatever, we always will end up talking about light lunch because just it was our it was our whole life. You know, it was so, so much happened. There were so many things that went wrong, so many anecdotes. Some, some guests that behaved really badly and some guests that were brilliant, you know, so we always end up talking about light lunch. It's probably quite boring for anybody else, but we really love it. But it was also um, a time for you where you didn't have, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but, but life, <sighs> life distractions were a lot lower. No, you could be so it, focused on the show. The show was life, right? It was it absolutely, what, yeah, totally. And we were in our late 20s. Uh, neither of us engaged in any particular... Uh, in particularly important relationship, you know, we were still, you know, slightly ships passing through the old night of the relationships. And um, we didn't have mortgage. Actually, no, we did. We did. No, because we both. Well, it was the first time, first time either of us had really earned any money. So both of us did. It gave us the chance. We were extremely lucky to be able to put down deposits and, and buy our first flat, you know. So we did have mortgages, but um, life was very responsibility-free, though. It was just go into work, be with the gang, have a laugh, do the show, come back from work. You know, it was it was it was an amazing time of our lives, and I will never ever forget it. Or indeed, I'll always be grateful for it because it kind of started us off really properly. I mean, we've done years of going round doing Edinburgh Festival and playing art centre gigs and writing for other people. You know, we were, we were kind of earning our spurs and that was for seven years. So it was a long time. And we got to the point, I think, where we just thought this isn't really going anywhere at all. This, we've got to give this up. We're in too much debt and, um, you know, this is not a goer. We've just got to face up to it, 
this is not a goer. So it's been wonderful, but we're not gonna we're not gonna pursue this. And then this blooming audition for a daytime show came up, and we were so kind of snobby. <laughs> we said to our agent, "Well, we're not doing that audition." <laughs> and she was like, "And she was, you know, we we were like, we're cutting edge comedians." We really weren't. We were dodgy sketch. We were a dodgy sketch act. But anyway, in our heads, we were very rock and roll, very cutting edge. So we were like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. And she was like, I'm so sorry. You know, you really are going to do this and you would be grateful for it. She was very, very scary, our agent at the time. So um, we thought, well, yeah, okay, we're just going to go along and just like subvert it and have a real laugh. Nice. <laughs> So that, I'm afraid to say, is what we did. It was a 15-minute slot. Um, there were many other double acts auditioning as well. So it was specifically we a, a double act they were looking for? They were looking for a double act, yeah. Yes. They wanted either a married couple, a sort of Richard and Judy. Okay. Um, Ooh, that, that wouldn't have worked. That wouldn't well, have worked Well, yeah. There, there was a married couple at the time who we were up against. They chose two to go up against each other in a sort of pilot off. And um, we were astonished that we were chosen over this uh, married couple because we just thought no one knows who we are. Um, and they, they took a real punt, bless them, Channel 4, back in the day, they were cutting edge. They were, they were, but it was... <laughs> they took risks, they took risks. clearly you know. the right choice. You know, I mean, look what happened afterwards. It, it, was, oh. it was a huge success. I mean, I remember distinctly when you guys... In fact, I have a vague memory. I think I saw the two of you at the Edinburgh Festival before you'd made it. Oh, you know, dear. Before, oh, dear. I have just a vague memory. I mean... It, I'm sorry. I'll give you your money back, mate. Honestly, <laughs> I'm really sorry. I can't believe we actually charged people money <laughs> to come in and see that stuff. But all the shows were half written. We'd never finished writing a show by the time we got to Edinburgh. There was one, I'm very, very deeply ashamed to say, that we had to take out folders halfway through because we didn't know the lines. Wow. Wow. That's <laughs> We had a no, we had a lever arch we had a lever arch folder each. And I I, I seem to remember we, we we were very open about it. Well obviously we had to be because it was so obvious. And we said we stopped the show and said I'm really sorry, gang. We haven't quite finished learning this, so we're just going to do this from the folder. I mean, <laughs> um, but I mean, the chutzpah, the absolute. I mean, you wouldn't do that now, That's, well, would you? No, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so it's, bad. <laughs> it's in the it's in the wheelhouse of experiences that you've had, and and that makes it oh. fascinating, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Crazy. So you burst on the scene, obviously, like you said. And what I love about this is that there's, that there's that old phrase, isn't there? My 10-year overnight success. Because people people only see you when you've made it. So they just assume you've suddenly made it. No one realises the kind of effort and the graft and the, all of that. It's really annoying. It's re I mean, no, it's kind of, it, no, listen, it's lovely that people are vaguely interested. So you have to sort of, you know, it's absolutely lovely. But um, it is quite funny. They do just think that you've come out sort of microwave ready yeah. from university and bing into a TV show every day of the week. 
no, it really doesn't. It doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. It really doesn't. When the two of you um, became household, but you know, when you were on telly every day, national telly and mm. so on, and when it was when everyone started to know who Mel and Sue were. I mean, I remember you guys were dubbed as the female Ant and Deck, etc. Uh, and and I'm, asking, I'm asking this because I can't remember. So apologies for this. But no, mate, it was years ago. Was it was thirty years ago. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I'll be delicate because it's it's something that I think is is quite curious and pertinent for the you know the time, etc. Did people think you were a couple when you were first on screen together? Always, absolutely, always. I mean, right. even even now, I I, it, I I take it as a real compliment. Actually, I really love the way that people think we're a couple. Even now, people will sort of say, "So you know, um, you've been together a long time." And <laughs> I, I, I take it as an absolute compliment. I mean, we always howl with laughter about it because. I don't know. I mean, I love Sue with every atom of my being, and I hope, you know, vice versa. She is literally, you know, my bestest friend, yeah. um, and she's like family. But there has never, ever, ever been an occasion where we've ever thought, so, <laughs> yeah. shall we, uh, I just, I just shall we seal the deal? Shall we seal the deal here? Yeah, and, um, and it all went wrong. <laughs> Here's the moment yes. when it didn't quite work out. Well, yes. yeah. No, I mean we have we have shared many a bed together. Oh yeah, we've bunked up together as good pals do. But I can honestly say, hands on heart, I think this goes for both of us. We've never wanted to go there. <laughs> she's you... seen me. She's seen me nude many times, <laughs> and um. I've seen her nude. She's quite. She's very pri- She's very private, young Susan. I think in my older age, I'm a bit more like, yeah, come on, get it all out. <laughs> yep, this is it. Have a look at it. There you go. Um, no, I, I have. I have seen perks in the nude. She probably won't remember, but I have. I've put it to bed several times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which tells its own story. That's brilliant. Although I would ask you why you're, you're why you're fully undressing her to go to bed if she's had a few too many. I mean, she, you could leave the clothes on now. <laughs> no, I think to be honest, I think she's probably done that to me more than I've done that to her. God bless her. Um, but um, no, she's a she's an absolute cracker. We sort of we often say, and now we are approaching. Well, we're fifty, I suppose. But um, we've often said, you know, we'll we'll end up in an old people's home together. Yes, that's the reality. That literally is the reality. And I, with my husband, obviously. And with Sue's partner, um, and I really pity the other people in the old folks' home because it'll just be—it'll be like lunch anecdotes, mate, from dawn was, till dark. I was going to say that would be perfect. I mean, you—you you would be the living television, you know that that, that sort of. That slightly naive impression of an old folks' home where they're all sitting in their their comfy chairs and so on and the telly's on and there's no remote control so they have to have whatever's on the screen. And it would have been... Do you know, I was taught this in the very first job I ever did, Mel, on on telly was I used to host children's ITV, right? So I would be the guy that pops up in between the shows going, I know, I know, you were... Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> well, well, I was told my on my first day, my producer, who was also the puppeteer, incidentally, which made it quite entertaining. Oh, he wow. Said to me, he said to me, you have to imagine, Andy, you're not just trying to entertain the kids of the nation, but those people in the old folks home that have had the that have had the remote control oh. taken off them and they're forced to watch you. So you have to give your best every single show. And I've never oh, forgotten that. I've never that's... forgotten that. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I totally, I'm with you there. I think if you do something 
if you have the privilege to be able to sort of perform for a living, you've got to give it 110%. What's the blooming point? What is the blooming point otherwise? Do you know what I mean? Yes. That's amazing. That's very good advice. That's a terrible thought, though. In the old folks' home, and Sue and I are there, and you can't turn us off. That's terrible. That would be brilliant. No, that's that's like that's like a sort of you know that's a blooming uh, what's his face who wrote see the mind's going that 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 uh, that wrote the awful play where hell is other people it's we clow it's we clow it's Sartre Sartre well, what, you'll be in a you'll be in an existential Sartrean nightmare. What I love about oh. this though, well, is that it wouldn't just be in the main sort of rec room area of, of the old folks' home. You'd then obviously go into the canteen. You'd be assessing the quality of the food. You know, you'd be talking to the chef about what they're making and, and putting, yes. uh, watching it. And it would be fascinating. It, it literally sounds like a living hell <laughs> uh, for, for, for other people. For Sue and I, obviously tremendous. I mean, we'll keep going for as long as you want. Yeah. Press the button. We will literally keep on going. Uh, that's that's quite a thought. You know, there's an amazing old people's home um, in West London. I'm sure there are many around the country. That the one that I know of is is in West London. But um, and it's for it's for old actors. It's for old that's actors right. and performers. Yeah, it's really cool. I've done I've done some bits and bobs for them actually. Um, yeah, really cool. I'm slightly hoping I can put my name down quite soon. I was going to say, you're basically laying the foundations, aren't you, Mel? You're kind of like, yeah, imagine, if, if you looked around, imagine if you looked around the telly room and there was Rachel Weiss, oh, yeah. Daniel Craig, Tom Hiddleston, you know, uh, yes. it would be so good. Maxine Peaks cool. in there. It would be very, very cool. It would be so cool. Um, I think you probably, I think you probably have to be a member of Equity first up, right. and you probably, I think it may be more of a sort of, you know, high class theatre um, acting establishment. In which case, yeah, you've done, you've done plenty at the West End. I would suggest that you, know, you can, you've got the posters to prove it. I've dabbled, darling. You know, I've d- one dabbles, one dabbles. Well, much ado about nothing is not dabbling. Stephen Sondheim's Aww. company, that's not dabbling. These are lofty, challenging. Hardcore uh, pieces of theatre. Ah, uh, well, no, they were good. They were good fun. I have to say, Company, um, well, which is a musical written by Stephen Sondheim, was feasibly. I mean, yeah, it's it's top three, one of the top three things I've ever 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 been involved with because it was Patty Lupone for Pete's sake. I mean, she is the living legend diva of Broadway, and there aren't many of her ilk yeah. around. I'd say she's one of two or three. You know, the real proper, proper old school. You know, she she originated the role of Fontaine in Les Mis um, back in the day. She was the first Evita on Broadway. You know, she's, she's hot stuff, Patti LuPone. And it was amazing to be on a stage with her six months every night, eight shows a week, and just watch, really, watch her and okay, see the audience. Yeah. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable that voice you know she's in her early 70s now still very much going strong she's doing loads of stuff on screen in america which is brilliant and um seeing that pair of lungs pumping away (laughs) every night it was quite something actually it really was and it makes you think it's like mary berry you know you kind of think these are seasoned wonderful women who go out and they give 110 percent 
I love that. They're icons. I love them. Well, you have to, yeah. don't you? You've, you know, you said it yourself a few moments ago. You, when you're in a position like that, whatever the performance, whoever the audience, and and what you're yeah. doing, you've got to give it everything because it's such a such an honour to be at that kind of table, isn't it? Totally, mate. I appeared. It was. I'm not even exaggerating. This this was a slight wilderness time post light lunch. I was doing a little gig for Comic Relief. It was it was wilderness years. I was in Terminal Five. Actually, it was Terminal Five built? No, maybe it was Terminal 4. I was in Terminal 4 of Heathrow Airport with Lamal from Katagoogoo <laughs> singing Too Shy Shy to British Airways workers at 6.30 in the morning, mate. Well, goodness and me. Did I, did I give it 100%? Did, did I give it 110%? Yes, I did, Andy. I gave it the full run. There was nobody there. There were only BA staff. <laughs> who were just thinking, yes, Lamar, we know who you are. You don't know who you are. We gave it absolutely ruddy everything. Wow. And I think that's what you've got to do. You have to. Yes, you do. You have to. Yes, you do. I mean, you mentioned the, the, the barren years, as it were. You did. And people don't realise this, I think, Mel, because, of, of course, you know, I think there's such a sort of public love for you and, and such an awareness of everything you're doing that I think people forget the, the, the schlog moment that you had. That's probably not even a word, but I think you know what I mean. I like it. I very much like <laughs> Let's it. Let's call it schlog. <laughs> I don't know. It's, 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 it's schlur something anyway, you know. The schlur, the but you did, you, you, you had a moment, you know, obviously light, late lunch, etc. It, it, it did come to an end. Bef- Absolutely. The pre-Bake Off years. Yeah. I, I mean, you were close to bankruptcy, weren't you? I, I certainly was, my friend. I certainly was. Um, <laughs> and now, listen, you must stop me talking because I can talk about this for about five hours. <laughs> so, you know, let's hold this back to the old folks' home. Let's keep that Let's keep that in storage for when the old folks' home comes along. Um, no, I mean, no, in a nutshell, basically, yeah, light, uh, light lunch finished, late lunch finished. Um, I met my absolute ledge of a husband, Ben, um, and I got married, and I had children, and I sort of, I sort of didn't want to be a totally full-time working mum. I obviously wanted to uh, give the girls, you know, the best I could in terms of <laughs> my time and my parenting skills, which uh, you know have been up and down. But um, so yeah, work work sort of took second place. I say that I wasn't offered much either. I think there is a thing uh, in comedy, maybe, certainly I've, I've heard other actors, uh, actresses talk about this, that if you have kids, people sort of think you've died. You know, right. they kind of think, oh, right, okay, she's having kids, right, we won't call her up. Mm. And I, I don't know if it's the same these days, I hope it's not. But I think certainly back in the day, there was a little bit of that. And also I took myself out of the game because I wanted to be at home more. Um so I did bits and bobs. Sue and I did the odd thing together. I did a bit of theatre, uh, which was fun, but I certainly wasn't really earning very much money. And um, things got a little bit ropey on, on the old financial front. And I was doing an advert at the time. Sue and I were doing it together for a bread um, a bread brand. Oh, yes, 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 yes. The, which is, the, which be- is the better bread one, yes. The better bread. No, which is weird because it's before Bake Off, you know, before Bake Off had even had, had even happened. Anyway, we were doing this bread ad and it was it was good. It was keeping us going as a family. And I was thinking, well, brilliant. All I need to do is the bread ad, 
don't need to do anything else really. I'm at home with the kids. This is amazing. I am so, so lucky. Anyway, pushed the boat out, bought a house probably way, 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 way more than we could afford. But the bank was saying, yes, borrow loads of money. Massive mortgage, blah, blah, blah. You know the story. Oh, yeah. The bread ad still there. I thought, this is fine. Anyway, got a letter through the ruddy post from the bread ad people saying, thank you very much. That was the last one. Huh. And I was thinking, yeah. right, uh, that's my livelihood, which is ludicrous. Who bases their livelihood on one ad a year or two <laughs> ads a year? I mean, I should have, I should have, I should have asked some advice. Anyway, long story short, uh, we lost our house, um, which wasn't particularly pleasant, but it was it was a good experience to go through because it meant that we had to cut our cloth. And we rented for two years and we were never happier. We had no mortgage, put all our stuff into storage. And um, it was it was good. It was a salutary lesson. And it's meant that since then, hopefully, I sort of, I live within my means. And I think that's an important thing to do. And also, sorry, I'm really on a roll now. I do apologize. No, I'm loving you've probably it. Gone off to, you've probably gone off to make a cup of tea. And, and I, I salute you for that. Got to have some toast, um, actually, all this reference to bread and... No, but it it was the the kernel of the story, uh, which has become my novel, which is about a family. It's not about my family; it's nothing to do with my family. But it's about a very, very, very well-off family yes. uh, living the life um, in Leatherhead, and they lose everything—absolutely everything. Um, and I definitely felt at the time that this was kind of happening to us although it didn't happen in nearly as dramatic a way as, as I write, write it in the book. But I did think, mm, I'm going to write about this one day because it made, you know, it made a big impression on, on um, you know, on our lives and it changed the way that we lived and everything. So interesting. Um, no, it's, it's exactly, I mean, and that's the reason why I, I asked it, obviously. Uh, yeah. By the way, and I, I've, I've got so many questions about the book. Just just a very quick one on Bake Off. Do you think doing the bread ad, because you mentioned it was before Bake Off, of course, do you think mm-hmm. that was like a sub, subliminal thing that, that led to, I've never even thought I, of that before. No, I don't know. I mean, oh, the whole Bake Off thing is so mad. That just came out of the clear blue sky out of nowhere, just bizarre. And I mean, I've, I've said this, you know, publicly before, but we did the first series and I just thought, this is appalling. <laughs> this, this is, this is, I, you know, Sue and I on the phone the whole time just saying, mate, what have we done? Wow. This will go nowhere. Luckily, luckily, luckily no one will see it. But what we what we have just done was possibly the worst thing we've ever done in our career. Goodness! And there are there are a few things competing for that. <laughs> believe me. And then cut two out of the blue. It didn't happen straight away, but after a couple of series, I mean, who knew? Who knew? That was bizarre. Well, I mean, I love I love I love life for that reason that it can just throw you what seems to be an absolute honking great big turkey and then something the turkey flies yeah you know 
It really did, though. I mean, it it absolutely captured the imagination like a few other shows, actually. You know, when you you read the synopsis of the show, the idea of it, it's it's a no on paper. Of course it doesn't. Watching people bake, no. How is that interesting on any level? And yet it's lovely. It's it's a little joyous slice of loveliness. And, of course, Paul Hollywood's delightful blue eyes. Listen, those eyes, they are... Have you seen the eyes in real life? Have several, you, have you come times. up against them? Yeah, several times. It, 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 it is extraordinary, isn't it? Yes. It's like Terence Stamp has those eyes. He does, Steve, yes. Steve, Steve McQueen had those eyes. And I think actually Mary Berry has them as well. There's something utterly just, it, they're made for the screen, aren't they? It's bizarre. They are. They are. Yes, he's, he's raced yeah. in some championships that I've hosted before. And, you know, you, you, kind of, oh, you don't get the okay. impact in a helmet. Then he takes the helmet off and you're like, oh my goodness, whoa. Hello, hypno now, eyes. Those, those, those championships, oh my days. We're in the green room in Bake Off, the four of us, Paul, Mary, Sue and I. We were subjected to so much ruddy Formula One on the telly. <laughs> We had one telly and we wrestled over the controls, as you can imagine. Yeah. Sue and I were really into Mad Men at the time. Oh. So that's all That's all that we wanted to watch. Channeling Don Draper. Love it. Channeling Draper. Hollywood, all he would conceive of watching was something with a stupid car in it. So we had to, we were all subjected to that. And then Beza, as far as I remember, she got really into Jeremy Kyle. She wanted to watch Kyle oh a lot. Oh, yes. My. Those were the days, the noughties. The noughties into the ten into the tensies. I like yeah. to, I like to hope that there was a little bit of Judge Judy thrown in there as well. I I oh sorry about the dinging. I don't think we did any JJ actually at the oh, time. What a shame! It was it was MM Mad Men. It was blowing Top Gear, um, <laughs> Formula One, um, and Kyle. And and Kyle DNA yes, tests, of, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, um, Sue brought in some quite good. Um, Sort of Angelina Jolie action movies. We watched Salt and things like that. Oh, that's fair play. And, and really good. Salt, yeah. and, you know, baking. Yeah, it makes sense. That's exactly, exactly. Clever. So um, they, yeah, they were very. I mean, what a blooming joy to have those seven years and to sort of get earning again, <laughs> and you know, to have to have the. Sh- I don't know, just to be in a show that people really seemed to, to find comforting and that they really related to. It was a very, very special thing, actually. I feel very, very lucky that we um, got the chance to do that. Yes. I really do. You know, we've got nothing but, but good memories of that show. I mean, I think, you know, leaving it was difficult and, and a bit strange and the circumstances were a bit odd, but I sort of feel we kind of left it at the right time, actually, with a bit of hindsight. Uh, we left it at the right time. We left it while while the party was still going. And it's important to leave the party when it's still going, I think. The old phrase, it's better to quit while you're ahead. Absolutely. Before the sandwiches start to curl up, you know. <laughs> before, before Hollywood gets cataracts. <laughs> oh, God. No, I can't bear the thought of that. <laughs> Conjunctivitis. Yeah. Oh, I can't look. I can't look at those hypno eyes now. <laughs> <laughs> They're all cloudy and yuck. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh. Now look, I, we have to talk about the best. The, the best things is 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 this remarkable story. You've you've touched on your own, you know, financial challenges, etc. Whenever I read a book, 
that's just out. I'm always scared to give too much of the plot away because I hate being the guy that spoils it. But you wrote it, so you're allowed to share as much as you oh. want. Do you want it? Because I've got questions, but I'll make sure the questions aren't spoiler-ish questions, if that makes sense. Listen, you go right ahead. You go right ahead. <laughs> I'll try not, because it is just out, so I'll try not to spoil it too much. But, um, yeah, go on. Okay, so without <laughs> saying too much, you've, you've alluded to the fact that it's, it's, a, it's a family who were riding high they had a phenomenal yeah. life or, or a seemingly phenomenal life at least materialistically and yeah. then it all then it all ends suddenly and you had classic yeah. alpha male breadwinning alpha male hero figure father oh, boss oh, legend oh, oh dear you, you frank, had, frank frank bless him you got oh, beautiful dear. wife beautiful wife Sophie trophy wife who, yeah who is literally that she's she's not a good mum she's not a good provider she's not a good really anything and no. is a little bit dependent on you know prescription medicines and uh, yeah fills her days in 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 ways that at least keep her trim but that's about it you know that's mm. that's her life and then you've got a, a miscellany of different skill sets for children <laughs> you got the if that makes sense You've got the you've got the large lad who likes playing his yeah. games, and yeah. then you've got three very different young ladies, one, yeah. of, one of whom's an absolute outlier, and then the other two, you know, they're, they're, one of them's very resilient, very much in her father's mould. The others just kind of down with the kids, very cool and hip, but but not necessarily worldly smart. If mm. is that a fair? No, very well described. Very well described. Yes. And I'm sorry, I'm I'm here kind of, I probably sound a bit smug. I'm going, oh, no. <laughs> I, I love these characters. I yes. love them as if they're my own family. I, I'm so, oh, man. I mean, you know, you hear writers say this a lot, don't you, that write fiction, but that you, you get so obsessed with your characters. And each and every one of them I totally adore. I mean, they, they bug the heck out of me. They're very flawed, a lot of them, but... I hope that um, readers of the novel will sort of take them to their hearts a bit. I mean, I think Sally is my heroine. And, you know, heroines are, heroines are funny, aren't they? I, I've, I've been thinking a lot about heroines and what makes a heroine. And um, Scarlett O'Hara is, is often sort of touted as the sort of the ultimate heroine. I absolutely loathe Scarlett O'Hara. <laughs> I loathe her. I loathe her for her spoiltness, her pamperedness. You know, the fact that she has this kind of rich, sort of awful Southern Belle life. But then I love her. I love her to her core when everything gets stripped away from her. Right. And she has to literally dig the soil, um, you know, to survive when, when war breaks out, you know. And I sort of feel Sally Parker for me is, is I mean, I would never say that I've written a Scarlet O'Hara. I would never have the smugness to say that, but... Sally Parker is definitely somebody who starts the novel as somebody, she's put her life on pause. You know, she's, she's, she's pressed the snooze button on herself. She's, she's a sort of, she's a strange cipher of a woman. And then this thing happens to them. They lose everything. And then that's when she kind of, she comes into her own. And, um, you know, I thought quite a lot about Thelma and Louise, who I love as heroines. I thought about Scarlett O'Hara a lot. It's it's women that are put right through the ringer and have to prove themselves. And I hope that you come away um, having read the book and you think, yes, Sally Parker, I like you. I like you now. You've 
you've shown your true colours. Oh, yeah. And um, I mean, this, uh, do you know what? One of the things I would say, Mel. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but I feel like I feel the need to tell you because I've read it rather than you know. Bless you, than, bless you. And and that is that. Actually, Sally. Yes, of course, of course. There's this there's this huge journey that you go on with Sally. But, but actually, one of the things that comes across to me in the book, and it's a long book, by the way, it's not one of these kind of, you know, took you a couple of weeks to knock out. This is a, a very well crafted, brilliantly told story. But the, but the thing that really strikes me is that all the characters, the ones we've talked about, and then their ancillary friends, the business partners, the, uh, the headmistresses, the best friends, the, the so-called people around the scene that are that are in and around the family they're all so well drawn you don't there's nothing one dimensional or even two dimensional you get so much detail you you oh, live in good. each character's skin and you do jump between characters at times which is great you know you'll have a quick moment in the school here or a or a moment in the office with a different character or whatever it might be yeah and in each case you completely occupy that character's thinking and what their process is and why they're doing what they're doing and oh, there's not many stories that. that you can say that about well that's incredibly kind of you to say so i know i mean i've said it before but the the, the yeah it was all about the characters for me it was just i got totally totally obsessed with them and, um, yeah, the, I mean, it's, it's weird, actually, in the process of writing it, um, suddenly a character would sort of appear. And I think, oh, hello. Yeah. Hello. Hello, Sailor. Who are you? I like the look of you. I want to, I want to, um, I want to expand on you. Um, <laughs> there are, yes, there are a few of the characters sort of on, on the edges of the story um, who definitely I, I became very addicted to and I, I sort of felt look I've got to write you I've got to yeah. I've got to flesh you out because uh, <laughs> I, I'm just really enjoying I'm, I'm enjoying it I think well, and the, I th I the think... brothers and the mothers as well they're wonderful oh, and, you know, oh, at a whole new you. level oh it's great oh. Genuinely, oh, thank you. I mean, honestly, Mel, I can say this because we've had such a lovely chat. I feel I can be honest with you. This isn't the sort of book that I traditionally would go to, you know, as a sort of action-seeking, you know, graphic novel-loving oh. bloke. You know, I wouldn't sort of naturally go to, oh, okay. I was absolutely enchanted. I really, really enjoyed it. It's a great oh, read. Thank you very, very much. I'm very pleased to hear a man say that, actually, because, um, you know, I suppose that... that the heroine of the book is Sally Parker. You know, she is the kind of the, the, the centerpiece and everything uh, focuses on her and, and plays out around her. But I, I really hope that I've managed to write the male characters uh, with, with good depth as well. Because oh, I love, oh, good, because I love the male characters in, in the book. I'm very, very um, wedded to uh, Dr. Livesey, who's the slightly oh. nerdy well. Yes. The nerdy well private doctor <laughs> and Frank Frank Parker, who's um, you know the main the main chap, and his business partner Amadit. You know, I, I I love I love all of them, and I but I, that's good to hear you say that because you know I think I think I don't know. I, I mean, I think obviously some men write women brilliantly. Not all men write women brilliantly, and some women write men well, and some just don't. So I mean, I hope I I. I attempted to write the male characters um, as best as I could. You've absolutely nailed it, Mel. I mean, ge genuinely, you know, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done it in one hit if I hadn't been desperate to know how it was going on and if I didn't care about these people. And I really, really uh, do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So that means the world. It really does. Because you sit there, you know, I wrote it in, in my local library. Um, it, this was obviously before the pandemic and mm. um, back 
in back in the days when the library was open, and because I thought that's the only way I'm going to write this book is if I leave the house. I'm just I, there's no way on God's earth I'm going to sit down and write a, a draft of this novel if I'm in the house. So I, I went to the local library every single day, and um, I can't remember where I was going with this. Where was I going on this ramble? I, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> being able to write the men. Now, I mean, and you mentioned early doors as well. That that this is going to be one of a trilogy. And mm. uh, and I love this, but you called it the Leatherhead Trilogy. You see, I want to know mm. where some of these other characters are going. Are you going to, you, uh, uh, will these characters be returning? Or are we... Is I'm it- glad you said that. I'm just going to give you... Because I've started to plot uh, the second book already. And I... My feeling is it's not going to be about the Parkers. Okay. I think we're going to we're going to we're going to park them. Excuse me. We're going to park them for a while. They may come back at some other point, but some of the peripheries you may be seeing again. Oh, good. Then there may be a couple of the perifs that come in to number two. That's all I'm going to say. That is wonderful I, because the perifs are juicy, and uh, several of them you think, well, you've got to surely. Surely you can explore because some of them are quite vile people that would be fascinating oh, yeah. characters as well, which is oh, yeah. good. I really enjoyed writing the toxic ones. Actually, I've 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 I felt I got I got a few things off my chest. You know, I mean, <laughs> it was quite it was quite fun. It was quite fun. Um, there's one character I'm not going to say who he is. It is one of the male characters who is quite closely based. On a friend of a friend, which does worry me a bit. Ooh, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Well, I, 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 yeah, I worry if there's going to be a little bit of payback there. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, here's a question for you, Mel, and I'm mindful of the time as well, by the way. So I'm, I'm acutely aware that I'm, I'm stealing your time now. But I just, I've got to no, ask. Lovely, I love it. I'm love loving it. it. I'm loving it. Um, I'm very, very curious. There's a scene, and this only works as a question to those who've read the book, but those who are okay. going to read it might want to now wonder why I'm going there. Because, okay. of course, a lot of this is drawn from it. I know it's fictional, but, you you know, we all always write best about what we've learnt and lived. Absolutely. There yeah. is a scene uh, in, in, a, in a wood um, mm-hmm. with, with our heroine and, <laughs> and, and a landlord. Is, <laughs> has, su- has such a thing happened to you? No. Oh. Andy, absolutely. Oh, how very dare you. No. No. And, in fact, that scene... I found quite difficult to write because it's it should be you know there should be something a little bit touching about that scene. It's also a bit sinister, but I won't oh, go into it was that. A creepy scene. I mean, it was. Yeah, uh, it is a bit creepy. It is a bit creepy. It is a bit creepy. Yeah. He's creepy, isn't he? He is creepy. He's creepy. And her yeah, he is. Creepy. Uh, you wonder how she's going to respond, and you're like, she's not uh, going to. She's going to what? And then oh, hang uh, on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. You know this. Yeah. That. Yeah. You see, I hadn't meant that to happen. That was a thing that happened. I, I hadn't plotted that at all, oh, genuinely. Brilliant. Brilliant. And that was a thing that happened on the hoof. And I suddenly thought, yeah, let's really, let's massively put her through the ringer here. Yeah. So that is why, that is why that woodland scene happened. Well, it just, it just, it just happened because I, I wrote it and I wasn't planning to. It's weird. It's sort of, oh, I'm going to be really pretentious now. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. And this, this is this is because I did modern languages as a degree, and I'm really sorry about this. There's a brilliant Pirandello play. Um, you probably read it. Six characters in search of an author. Oh, I know it off by heart. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's a, and it's about this, and it's a, it's about the idea of this author who is visited by these characters, and they sort of take him over. 
it was written in the twenties. You know, it was really sort of you know ahead of its time and amazing. I love it. It's a brilliant play, and um, this is what happened in the woodland scene. The character who I, who was only a blooming bit part took me over, and wow. that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And, and what a moment of, of impact as well, because it, it, it informs a whole load of new choices and decisions. And yeah, yep. great. Yep. Oh, how exciting. <laughs> I'm so glad you've read it. That really tickles me and makes me feel very warm inside. I'm not going to lie. Oh, it, well, there's something. It was a I pleasure you... to read, Mel. I mean, it re- genuinely was a pleasure. And, and I'll be completely transparent with you as well. Sometimes when you, I mean, you know this doing a book, uh, doing a book to oh, read yeah. you when you have subjects oh, yeah. and so on and so forth, you don't have time generally to, to read everything and watch everything. No. And, you know, no. quite often I'll get sent a series and people expect me to have watched every single episode. And you're like, oh, you know. I, I know. You've got to dabble. You've got to you know? dip. No, yeah. you've got to dip and dabble. I, I mean, like your good self. I've dipped and dabbled. I'm not going to lie to you many a time. So, no, completely. It happens. I, I've, it happens. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, you, you, you use, use the internet for resources and things and this, that and the other. But, yeah. And so I was I was thinking to myself as I sat down to approach this, I was like, okay, I, you know, it's probably not my kind of book, uh, I, but I love Mel. I've always had this great affection for you. So, you know, I'll give it, I'll give it an hour. It was in my head. Was like, I'll give it an hour. I'll give it an hour. <laughs> and it'll at least, you know, give me a good idea. And I couldn't stop. I genuinely couldn't stop. Absolutely. Oh, oh thank you. That's, well, that's extremely uh, lovely of you. And you've made a perimenopausal woman from Leatherhead extremely happy. <laughs> <laughs> seriously. No, seriously. Oh. You're, fr- you're my friend for life now. That's it. We are wedded together in friendship. Well, I mean, that's wonderful for me to hear. I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> overjoyed. You'll be very cross soon because I'll start to take liberties. You know, I'll be, I'll be showing up asking about that marmalade, etc. You know, I'll be wanting to know what's going on. And, uh, and and thoroughly getting involved. We'll also have to we'll also have to talk about Florence's smoking a bit more because you know that's we're oh, going to deal with nah. that now. You know now oh, that I'm in the friendship nah. group. You know I know and your and your tattoo. How's that going to work out? I What's going to happen? I know. You know I'll need to be kept very up to speed with all that <laughs> with Mowgli's with Mowgli's work. Well, actually, that's a good that's a good character actually for a novel. That's a very good character. He's a, he's a fascinating individual as well. I mean, he's he's I've never met him. I've only obviously had email exchanges, but I, I know what he looks like, and he's he's got a vibe. You'd like him. You could definitely very, you could yeah, definitely write that, about him. Yeah, that's a very good. I like the idea of a tattooist um, yeah. character. Oh yeah, there's 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 legs. There are legs there, Andy. There are legs. There are, aren't there? Especially if he was catering specifically to a sort of bored housewife market. Yeah. Yes. God, can you imagine? Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Love it. I like it. The lounge lizard with a needle. You've got me going now. I've got to get to my notebook. (laughs) Notebook and write this this gold down. Oh, I can't wait. I am so excited. I'm so excited. Uh, Mel, you've been such a special, wonderful guest and so open as well. I really appreciate your candour. You know, it was just so nice of you to to give me so much of your time and company. And you've been a sensational conversation guest and buddy. Thank you. Listen, it's very, very lovely uh, to talk to you. And, uh, you know, in these strange times, it's just lovely to chat, isn't it? Yes. To have some good old human interaction is always good. Amazing. What a joy. Uh, I wish you only love and success with everything. It's been such a and pleasure, Mel. Thank, and uh, thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you. Speak soon. I okay. To it. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. The Andy J Podcast.
I told you I was a bit gushy, didn't I? My thanks, my huge thanks to Mel Gedrich. I just thought she was brilliant. And of course, even bigger thanks to you, the listener, for hanging out here and being part of our fun little club. I really do appreciate it. I genuinely means the world to me. The number of you that are checking us out and listening to our shows and our chats week in, week out. I really can't thank you enough. Got a very cool show for you next week. By the way, Mel has been absolutely delightful to me since our chat, which, as I said at the start, was a few weeks ago. She's just really good company. Haven't quite got to the point now where I'm kind of showing up with a takeout and I can sit and watch telly with her on a sofa yet, but I'll get there, maybe, at some point. We shall see. Um, Next week, goodness me, a couple of really big conversations for you. We have a musical guru, Alan McGee, founder of Creation Records, the man who discovered Oasis, Primal Scream, The Libertines, My Bloody Valentine, The Jesus Mary Chain, and many more. Cool. He's got some stories to share. Looking forward to talking to him and Sally Phillips, comedian, actor, writer extraordinaire. You know, she was in the Bridget Jones Diaries. She was in Miranda. She was in Alan Partridge. She was in Green Wing. She was in Smack the Pony. I mean, she is a decorated, brilliant, very, very funny woman. Can't wait to be chatting to her too. So that's what's on the menu for you on the Conversation Carousel on the AJ Pod next week. Hope you look forward to it. I can't wait to bring it to you. Have a fantastic week. Be kind. Give out goodness. Make someone smile. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye-bye. If you're enjoying the Andy J podcast, we'd love a review. In fact, if you're enjoying the show, why not tell your friends? Podcasts live and die on, well, often word of mouth. So please tell your friends. Like, subscribe, review and share. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.